Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Today, I want to talk to you about the Father Heart of God. I'm going to talk to you about how we become great fathers by reflecting the Father Heart of God. There's a scripture in Psalm 103, verse 13, that I want to share with you. The scripture in Psalm 100... The reason I'm not using notes is because I don't want to preach too long. And the message is a long one. And I think if I've got my notes, I'll, I'll preach longer. So without the notes, I'll preach shorter. What do you reckon? Then some of you will say, John, you need to do no notes every week. <laughs> you just don't know how long I'm going to go without the notes. I might even take longer. But, uh, Psalm 103, verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That word fear is reverence, to reverence God, not to be afraid of him, but to reverence and honor him. But what this scripture does, it ties God with a father and basically talks about God having a father's heart. Because there's nothing like compassion, a soft heart to demonstrate your love. And, and it's a beautiful thing to be a father. And it's a beautiful thing to be in relationship. What I want to do today is talk to you about the four qualities, the four characteristics that God has towards us and how every child needs this from their father. So if you haven't had a compassionate father in this world, I want to say to you that Father God is a compassionate father and he shows these four characteristics towards you. But if you're a father here and, or a prospective father, this is great teaching for you to prepare yourself to become a father. I remember on the 15th of June uh, in 1982 when I became a father for the very first time. Stephen was born when we were pastoring in Adelaide and what a joy it was. I was 23 years of age and became a father and it was pretty daunting but I wanted to be the best father possible. And uh, how many of you know that when you look over your life, you see things that you've done well, things that you haven't done so well. And, um, and, and, but my desire is to help all their fathers, all the fathers here to become better fathers. So here's four characteristics that Father God supplies to us that we need to supply to our children. Number one, first characteristic of a father that we are really focused in on is provision. It's a wonderful thing to provide for your family. But this is the revelation of Father God, who is the great provider. Matter of fact, one of his covenant names is Jehovah Jireh, which means God, who is our provider. This was first revealed in Genesis 22 in the story of Abraham and Isaac, where, where God supplied the lamb of sacrifice and Abraham came with the revelation, Jehovah Jireh, the God who supplies. But you know what? When we pray, 
We also pray to our Father for supply. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? And we get our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And Father God has supplied. I look at some of you and you actually look as if you're getting more bread than the person next to you. But that's okay. Won't be offensive at all. But God has supplied. And every single one of us, he supplies for us. What a wonderful thing it is also as a dad to supply for my kids. When I think of my father and the sacrifice that he made to to supply for us, to provide for us. One of the things that dad had as a focal point when he migrated from Italy at the end of the war, Italy was pretty bad, especially the south where my folks come from. There was not much food, let alone money. And so uh, my father decided, I can't make a future for my kids. And one of the things that he wanted to do above everything else was to provide an education. He realized back then that the only way that you could really do well in life is to be educated. And he thought, there's absolutely no way that I could provide an education for my kids. And so he migrated to Australia. And what a joy it was for him when, uh, when I went to university and, and started studying. It was for him a dream come true. But you know what? Uh, both, both my sons have also graduated from university. And I can still remember at the graduation cer- ceremony saying to them, I want you to thank your, fa- your grandfather, Nonno. That's what his na- nickname was to them, Nonno. Because you're educated because he, has a, he had a dream back in the 50s to come to this country and provide an education for you. Some of you might not have had a father that's provided for you, but your heavenly father has provided for you. Last night, I don't think any of you slept in the street. You all had a house to sleep in. You all had a bed to sleep in. Father God has provided for you. What a wonderful thing it is to know that provision comes from God. The second thing that every good father gives, not just provision, but protection. I love that. Protection. This, this sense of safety. And every child needs to feel safe. There's just something important about feeling safe. My father always had big hands. Well, that's as, that's as far back as I can remember. Matter of fact, probably when I think about it now, his hands weren't much bigger than mine are now. But when I was a little kid... Obviously, his hands were a lot bigger than, than mine. And when he grabbed my hand and held my hand, that just gave me the sense of security and safety that while I was in my father's hands, nobody could touch me. I was unbeatable because dad was so strong. And he was. And it's important that we understand that God wants to protect us and, and guide us in life and, and be there for us. And One of the covenant names of God, and incidentally, I'm introducing the covenant names because next week we start a series on the covenant names of God, which are connected to big promises of God. And one of the covenant names of God that you've read most of your life but never realized it's a covenant name is found in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. There's a covenant name there, Yahweh Raha, Jehovah Raha which means not just 
the shepherd of the sheep, but the protector of the sheep. The one who guides and leads. The one who's there for you to make sure that you're safe. God has led you this far by his grace and protected you. He is the God who protects. One of the things we're... See, the, the, the only problem is that, is that he can't protect you from yourself. He can protect you from the evil one, but not from yourself. And sometimes we, we use our free will to get ourselves into trouble. And because God's given us the free gift of will, then he doesn't take that away from us. But one thing that he has promised you is that he will protect you from the evil one. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it talks about how God is faithful and will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And there's an enemy of our souls called the evil one. And God promises us that he'll protect us from the evil one. The Bible talks about how he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. But if you turn to God, he will protect you. He'll protect you. If you do life on your own, he can't protect you. But if you turn to God, he will protect you. And again, in the Lord's Prayer, we, we, we have this phrase about protect us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us. From the evil one. Some translations say evil, but the correct translation is the evil one. Talking about the Lord's Prayer, I think it's beautiful when we begin to realize that Jesus introduced the Lord's Prayer with these two words Our Father. Everybody say, Our Father. Do you know that was, it's a, it was a foreign concept in the Old Testament to pray to our Father? There's not one mention of praying to our Father. So Jesus introduced this whole concept of our Father. What's interesting is that, yes, the Father heart of God is in the Old Testament, but it's only really 15 times in the Old Testament where we see this connection of God the Father and the Father heart of God. But when Jesus comes on the scene, it's prolific. Just in the Gospel of John alone, there are over 100 references to God the Father. And so Jesus actually used Father as his favorite terminology in referring to God. And so, so when he introduced the Lord's Prayer, we've taken it for granted. Most of us born in a Christian country have learned the Lord's Prayer from school. And so we, we, we have this concept, and, and, and the concept is almost a cliche, our Father. But it actually connects that God is not far away, cut off from us, but ever-present as our Father. How beautiful it is to have God as our Father who provides for us, protects us. And the third thing that's very important, and it's an important characteristic for every father, is to be present. Presence. Presence. Your presence. Your presence is so important. Sometimes you think that your presence are important, but what's more important than your presence is your presence. And your presence can never, ever outshine the presence. 
All the kids want the presents. But at the end of the day, what's more important for them is your presence. Can I just say to you that, that your presence can either be there but not there or there and there. So you got some, you got some dads that are there but they're not there. They're sort of switched off and they're you know, busy watching television, reading a book, doing some work around the house. They're there but there's, they're, not, they're not there. Can I just say to you that if you're going to be there, be there. Show attention. Ask questions. That's a great way of, of, of relating when you start to ask questions. Attention, affection, affirmation, the three A's of being present. Every child needs your attention, your affection, and your affirmation. They desperately need that. There's just something beautiful about showing affection. There's something powerful. Aaron, come on up here. I'm Aaron's father in the faith. And one of the most powerful things that I can do for Aaron is to give him a hug. Uh, just, just to hug him. Just to... Oh, come on, if you're going to clap, make sure it's a good one. Hug him until he feels awkward. <laughs> He's really feeling awkward right now. <laughs> we talked about this on Friday and um, the importance of hugging. Every child needs a hug from their father. Can I speak to all of you Asian men out there? who were looking at that saying, thank goodness he didn't call me up on the stage <laughs> to do that for me. Because there's just, you've got to break the awkwardness of affection. You've just got to break it. It's just, it's just you know, but, and, but, you, but you say to me, but, but my father never hugged me and my grandfather never hugged my father. Well, someone's got to break that cycle. Someone's got to break that cycle. Why don't you be the breaker of cycles for the good? For the good. Can I just say to you that every child feels affirmed when you hug them? There's just something precious. You know, I mean, we have no problems with hugging babies. But what happens? They get to a special age and then all of a sudden the hand gets extended and we just shake. What's wrong with that? You know, I, I can remember when... When, when Christelle brought her boyfriend home and, um, and, and we started to realize, okay, this is not just going to be boyfriend, this is going to be my son-in-law. And so, and so I just remember when I said to Ben, Ben, from here on in, we don't shake hands, we hug. I was, okay, that's stepping over a line right there. But now it's not even questioned. As soon as he walks in the house, we hug because he's now my son as well. There's just something about you being present with affection. You being present with attention. And you being present with affirmation. Which brings me to my fourth point. 
Every father needs to provide, protect, presence. Then the fourth thing that you need, and how many of you know this all starts with PR? This is a good PR message. (laughs) Proclamations. Proclamations. Every father needs to say proclamations. Because it's in proclamations that you give affirmation. There's a beautiful scripture in Zephaniah chapter 3. I love this scripture. Because it talks about the Lord rejoicing over us with singing. This is, I think it's um, Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. It says that the Lord rejoices over us with singing. But that word rejoice, when you translate it in the Hebrews, literally means to spin around in the form of dancing. There is just something powerful about... Christelle, come on up here. Come on up here. You're You're my girl. I had Aaron up here. It's time for you to come up here. Ah. So this is, this is my baby daughter. And um, this is... So I want you to a get this. Waltz? A wedding? No, we're not going to do the wedding waltz. We did that at the wedding. It only happens at the wedding. But this is... This, I just want to show you what rejoicing over you with singing is about. Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> Christelle, you were so beautiful. You were so wonderful. You were so awesome. Oh, Christelle, I love you so much because you're beautiful. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Yeah, lovely. Not ah, you get a hug as well. There you go. I don't know if you could ever picture God doing that with you. But literally, that's what that scripture in Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17 Aaron is saying, I'm so glad that I got the awkward hug rather than the awkward dance. <laughs> yeah, the lesser of two evils. There you go. Isn't it, isn't it funny how we put so many boundaries on affection instead of allowing affection and affirmation to be boundless? When, when you love, you don't put boundaries. When you love, you break all the boundaries because love breaks boundaries. It's so powerful. And so here's this picture of God spinning around, singing over us, making proclamations. At the baptism of Jesus... As he got baptized, all of a sudden, a dove descended upon him. And then there was a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I remember, how many of you remember that story? Then on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was transfigured, and there's Peter, James, and John just blown away because Jesus is is whiter than white. And, and, And again, a voice comes from heaven. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And in that one statement, there are four proclamations 
that every father needs to give to his children. Are you ready for this? Number one, I love you. This is my beloved son. My beloved son, I love you. What a powerful statement it is to say, I love you. I love you. Not, not love you, L-U-V, you, <laughs> hashtag. No, 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 no. I love you. It's so powerful. Those three words are the, most, are the three most powerful words in any language. I love you. To be able to not be awkward when you say it. To have a heart that is so overflowing where you can say it. I love you. Wow. I remember the first words that I spoke when, when my children came out of the womb. They were still all messed up. They'd just gone through an ordeal. Absolutely. I love you. I'm your dad. Your dad loves you. I can still remember you know, being taught this by, by uh, Dr. Edwin Cole, Maximized Manhood, one of the greatest books that any man can ever read. It changed my life when I read it for the very first time in 1984. Maximized Manhood. Write it down. If there's a book that every man needs to read, it's Maximized Manhood by Dr. Edwin Cole. And I remember him saying, you know, you need to, you need to speak over your, your children while they're in the womb. And, and, and I can still remember laying hands on Anne's belly, and she was expecting Daniel. And I'd be saying, hey, little bubs, your father loves you. And he'd start, he literally would start kicking. And Anne would say, just leave the baby alone. Leave the baby because he's kicking me, not you. Oh, yeah, but I can feel him. It's awesome. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to write the beginning to articulate, I love you. Every child needs, I love you. Here's another one. I believe in you. I believe in you. What an incredible proclamation. I believe in you. See, God believes in you. In Psalm 139, it says that while you were being formed in the womb, God was putting you together and actually wrote a book about your future. And he didn't write a book of failure. He wrote a book of success for you. God believes in you. What an incredible thing for us to say to our kids, I believe in you. Not just point out all of their failures. Not just point out all of their mistakes. What a terrible thing it is when the only time you speak to your child is to point out their mistake. What a wonderful thing it is to communicate. I believe in you. I'm for you. I'm on your side. You were born to be a winner. You were born to be a champion. I believe in you. Very powerful words. I remember saying that to someone in our church just a few months back, and I was shocked. I was shocked at her response. 
She came up a, a, a week or two later and said, you know that no pastor, no significant leader has ever said to me, I believe in you. I was shocked. I just think it's such an important phrase to share with people, I believe in you. Here's the third one. Just four proclamations that we need to make over people around us regularly. I love you. I believe in you. Here's here's this one. I'm proud of you. Oh, my goodness. I'm proud of you. Okay. I'm proud of you. If you are a significant person in anyone's life, and if you're a father, you certainly are. But you know what? If you're an authority figure, people need to hear, I'm proud of you. You've done well. I'm proud of you. And if they don't hear that, can I tell you? It leaves, it leaves a hole. I'm proud of you. When was the last time you said it to the people around you? I'm proud of you. Anytime they do a success, any success that they make to say, I'm proud of you, is such an esteeming thing. And here's the last proclamation. I've got to finish. Are you ready for this last one? Look, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. Doesn't matter where you are. I'm there for you. If you're in trouble, call me. I'm there for you. If you've got a problem, I'm there for you. If you've got an issue, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. Other things will take second priority, but you are number one priority. I'm there for you. If you need me, I'll move heaven and earth to be there because as your dad, I'm there for you. And that's the father heart of God. Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. To the ends of the earth, I will be with you. What an incredible revelation it is of God, the proclamations, the affirmations, the attention. Four things every child needs from a father that God gives us. Provision, protection, presence, proclamations, proclamations. Can I encourage you to do those four things? But let me finish this morning. I I just got to wind it up. They're playing the music for me. (laughs) Amelia, thank you for playing the music for me. See, today, some of you are here. And as far as you're concerned, you're a child of chance. In your thinking, you just chanced. Everything about you is chance. Your evolution was chance. Your creation was chance. But for others of us, we just believe in God. For us, there was no chance. It was design. It was purpose. And so we're here today, not by chance, but by divine design. God purposed for us to be here. And he wants us to come into relationship. Why is that? Because stuff has separated us from God. Sin has separated from God. Rebellion, doing our own thing, has separated from us from God. And it's separated us from the Father's heart of God. You know what the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12? To as many as received him to them 
He gave the right, the privilege to become children of God. Oh, God so wants you to be in relationship, in connection, to see yourself as a child of God. And today, all you've got to do is to say, Lord, I'm willing to take that first step. Willing to take that first step. Willing to take that first step. What we're going to do right now is that we're going to bow our heads, close our eyes. And I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you don't want to pray, that's fine. That's your choice. But if you do want to pray, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say this. Father God. Come on, just say it. Father God. What a privilege it is today to be able to say Father God please forgive me for walking away from you for not realizing that you love me passionately but today I want to get closer to you I want to start my journey with you I want to receive the affirmation that you have for me. Help me, Lord. Today, I want you to be my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge.